The hosts of the Real Life Wellness Podcast are not licensed medical doctors, and this podcast is not a substitute for medical advice or any form of professional therapy, nor is it intended to diagnose, treat, prevent, or cure any illness or condition. All content and information in this podcast is created for informational purposes only. Please seek medical attention for matters relating to your health and never disregard the advice of a medical professional or delay in seeking it because of something you've heard on this podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Real Life Wellness Podcast with Mary and Kisa, where we talk about different ways to integrate healthier habits into your life. I am Kisa Amaro, and with me, as always, is Mary Preston. Mary, tell us a bit about yourself before we get deeper into today's topic. Hello, hello. I'm Mary Preston, and I'm a licensed psychotherapist and a life coach. And I specialize in working with mental health professionals who are experiencing burnout. Ooh. And uh, Kisa, tell us about you. Hey, I'm Kisa. I'm a certified health coach, and I help ambitious moms get control of their food cravings by going beyond the nutrition to develop a healthy relationship with food and with themselves. Woo! Everybody, I have a very, very special announcement, very amazing announcement, um, and I am so freaking excited. Case and I, in the month of November, have gotten the podcast up and out on iTunes and Stitcher. <laughs> We're on episode 22, and we are official. <laughs> We're official now. Um, as we are recording this, we have the first five episodes published, and hopefully by the time you're listening, we'll be close to caught up. Um, and then by the new year, we will be recording and adding two new episodes to your favorite podcast player a month. Um, so keep your eye out for that. Go ahead and, and give us a search on Stitcher. I know we're, we're on and live on Stitcher, and we're... We're a little. We're not 100 percent sure on iTunes yet. We're gonna do some. <laughs> Something happened. <laughs> we're gonna do some research, but we know that iTunes is. Uh, they're tricky, but we're gonna get they it up there. They didn't like us. <laughs> <laughs> we're out. Okay. Just Stitcher then. Um, so so give us a search on Stitcher and subscribe. And then if you have any questions about any of our programs, the podcast, anything about health and wellness, come join us in our Facebook group. And you can find us by searching the Real Life Wellness Podcast with Mary and Kisa. And that's where you'll find us, get access to us all the time. Yep. All right. Okay. So on to our topic of the day, which is food obsession. In this episode, we're going to talk about what food obsession is, where it comes from. We're going to talk about why we think it's a problem and give you some tips on how to address food obsession if it's something that you are struggling with. <clears throat> and really quick, I just wanted to address what an obsession actually is, because I think we throw around that word all the time, right? Somebody's obsessed with something. So an obsession consists of, in its truest form, just repetitive, unwanted, intrusive thoughts. <laughs> okay. So when we're talking about food obsession, we're talking about the tendency to think about food all of the time, even if you're kind of wanting to think about other things. Just, yeah. Yeah. Thanks so Kesa, kick it off. Talk to us about food obsession. Oh yeah. What is food obsession? Um, food obsession is when a person is obsessed with the type of and how much food they eat. They want to eat the perfect diet and go to extremes by maybe counting calories, weighing food, or only eating very specific foods. And food obsession can include any kind of food um, 
being like off limit foods or unhealthy foods, you can obsess about those foods. Mm -hmm. um, it's often tied to a belief or a thought that a specific food is bad for you. Um, you will get fat if you eat it, it's unhealthy, or you can't have it. Right. Uh, it's not on your diet or you're, you know, you're in that calorie restricted state or mindset. And you can also obsess about what you do eat. So how healthy the food is, how many calories, how many fat grams, carbohydrates or protein it has. And it can also be tied emotionally. Yeah. Just spending all your time thinking about all the things about food. Yeah. Thinking whether it's like, oh, I can't have this food. And so you're thinking about it constantly or you're thinking about what you are going to eat and if it fits into your your diet or your meal plan. Right. So where does food obsession stem from? Uh, food obsession often grows out of diets and the desire for weight loss. So by limiting foods and believing that they are bad and will make you fat so you can never eat them. Mm -hmm. So therefore, you constantly think of the food. When we try not to think about food, the more we obsess about it. So for instance, don't think about a white elephant. Mm. I thought of it, Kisa. Thinking about white elephants. <laughs> and as many of you know, I don't have a teenager yet, um, but you never tell your teenage daughter that she can't date the guy you don't approve of because she'll just want to be with him even more. Truth. Right? So food obsession is often used to avoid other things in our lives, usually our emotions, and ones that we don't want to feel. We think about food in order to not feel an uncomfortable feeling. Mm -hmm. You may obsess about food to feel like you have control over something in your life. Other things in your life may not be in your control, but you can always control your food intake. And therefore, this can be a way to have some sort of control in your life when the rest of your life seems so out of control. Right. If you're a perfectionist, like me, uh, you might find yourself food obsessed. Uh, you want things to be perfect in your life, your work, your hair, your workout routine, mm -hmm. cleanliness of your house or apartment, and of course your diet. Having a perfect diet fits right in with a perfectionist personality. You want your diet to be perfect and therefore count every calorie and believe that you can't eat any junk food or food that is bad for you or else you will gain weight and ruin your diet. You see food as black and white, good or bad, and there's nothing in between. If you eat a bad or unhealthy food, you have completely ruined your diet. Yep. And you obsess about food and making sure that you have the perfect diet. And when you don't, you beat yourself up for it. Yep. Definitely been there, done that, right? Like quote unquote falling off the wagon. Yeah. <laughs> I just like to say Megan, or sorry. <laughs> Mary, I don't know why I called you Megan. It's cool. I'll Mary. go for Megan. <laughs> I've talked to no Megan today. Um, so Mary, like let's maybe just get off, like let's get rid of the wagon. How about yeah. we do that? We don't. We don't need it. We, we don't, don't need, need the wagon. Right? You're, so You're right. I'm getting rid of my own wagon. 
So I want to talk about something else that happens. Another reason that, that sometimes we're a little bit food obsessed. Um, in my practice, although clients don't come into my office to work on weight loss, you know, that's not why they're, they're showing up. Um, I do find that most of them generally have a goal of weight loss on their mind. It's like, it's almost, um, it's not even something they bring up. They just expect that everybody has a weight loss goal. Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked about this before, but I just want to review how our culture kind of like perfectly sets us up for weight loss as a super high priority goal. So first, our society, our culture tells us that life is not really good as it is. You know, we're no good. Um, the world's no good. Your life is terrible. Then it tells us if that we just looked a certain way, life would be better. Mm-hmm. And then it tells us how to do so, right? We just lose weight. And we do it by eliminating certain foods, adding superfoods, doing X number of hours of exercise a week. And in fact, if you buy this program, pill, diet, or exercise tool, it will be easy, right? And so it's just this perpetuating cycle of they tell us we're terrible, and then they tell us how to fix it, and then they sell us the pill to fix it, and then the pill doesn't work, and then we feel terrible about ourselves. And, you know, it's a nice, it's a nice, a nice cycle, cycle to be in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this particular cycle of put downs and shaming combined with the offer of like an easy fix, it's, it's really ancient and very, very effective. So it works really well, right? So when folks are headed into my office, they're at a point in their lives when things are not going well. And you can see how easy it is to use food and diet as a way to feel more in control of their lives, right? To quote unquote, fix things. Mm-hmm. Um. And, you know, it's easy to see logically, right? Like we're talking about it right now. It's, it's really easy to see that weight loss doesn't fix like financial problems, relationship problems. Uh, it doesn't make you a more dynamic communicator. It doesn't make you more likable. And, um, but I'm pretty sure that, that you, the listener, I certainly have, Kisa, I'm sure has, you know, we've experienced this fantasy, right? Like mm-hmm. if only I was X number of pounds lighter, or if only I could lose this belly, or if only my body was fill in the blank. Right. Um, but then what, right? We have this notion that when we meet this particular weight loss or body change goal, that we'll be happier, more confident, sexier, braver, worthy of others' love, right? You've seen the commercials. Mm-hmm. Um, And if in our minds this is true, then in order to be worthy, we have to lose weight or we must maintain our current weight, then our focus on food makes so much sense, right? Like our very belonging, our very worthiness depends on our weight. Yeah. So we focus on food, we dial it in, we make it so important that we think about it all day long because somewhere in the back of our minds and our subconscious, we believe that our happiness value and worthiness comes from our weight, which comes from what we eat. And as much, uh, you know, in quotes, it's much quote unquote easier or more accessible to focus on food than it is to focus on the real issues going on. Um, and then another really common experience that I notice in my practice is just how the messages about weight, health, food, looks, and value come from the adults around us during our childhood and just how they continue to affect us today, right? So if you're a little bit food obsessed, it's possible that your parents or other adults in your life were a little food obsessed. Um, you know, I know my mom talked a lot about her body shape and a weight, you know, over time. And those messages kind of go deep. And sometimes I, I notice that I repeat those patterns as mm-hmm. I'm, you know, as I'm thinking about food. So there's some other ways that, that food obsession comes into play. 
Yeah. Yeah. A food obsession is often tied to the desire for weight loss. Mm-hmm. Like I was saying, and you know, why, why do we restrict our food intake in the first place? Yeah. We want to lose weight and even healthy eating, quote unquote, healthy eating is tied to weight loss. We want to lose weight. So we either, you know, restrict our food intake or we're like, oh, we're just going to eat really healthy. Right. And we view unhealthy food as bad or say like cookies or maybe bread mm-hmm. or what, whatever it is for you because it's different things. You know? <laughs> I know it's different um, for all of us. Different for all of us. You know, sometimes like cheese is bad mm-hmm. for some people. It's an unhealthy food. Um, so now, I'm, you know, I'm not saying that you shouldn't eat healthy. It just can go too far. And when it is all about weight loss and perfection and you obsess about everything you put into your body, then it becomes an issue. Yeah. I am all for healthy eating and I eat a ton of, you know, veggies, fruit, beans, meat, and other whole foods. However, I also eat less nutrient-dense foods or foods that people may view as unhealthy or bad. You know, I eat ice cream. <laughs> I eat cheese. <laughs> I put oh. heavy cream in my coffee sometimes, you know. <laughs> I eat butter. I eat crackers and muffins. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm just very, you know, highly conscious of when I eat or drink these things. I make a choice and that's that. I don't obsess about how many calories are in the food and how much I will have to work out in order to burn off the excess calories or reduce my calories throughout the day in order to eat that ice cream Mm -hmm. in the evening or something. Um, You know, it's just like I make that decision like, oh, okay, I'm going to have some ice cream tonight or I'm going to have some ice cream on Friday. And then I just eat it and I enjoy it and I move on with my day. You know, there's no like fidgeting or thinking, you know, ob- obsessing and fidgeting numbers and right, fighting with yourself. I should. Yeah. No, I can't. Right. Yeah. And like that, like that mind, uh, mind game that, you, you know, you're just talking with yourself like, right. oh, should I, should I not? Like, what if, what, you know, but I really want it. But uh. so, and I used to do this all the time. I used to be obsessed about every single bite of food I put in my mouth. I would count calories and fat grams and I would use that information to determine how hard and long I had to work out in order to expend more calories than I consumed. And by the way, that's not how it works. But at the time, (laughs) that was the information I had and I wanted to lose weight. And in order to lose weight and be skinny and approved by others, I ate fewer calories than I consumed. Thus, the food obsession. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I not only counted every calorie that I ate, but I would be thinking about my next snack or meal before I was even finished with the current meal or snack, because I was restricting my food and my brain was thinking about scarcity and that restriction. Because, like, I knew, like, oh, I can't eat until this time or what, what have you, and this is the only food I can eat. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a diet mindset and therefore would obsess about the one thing I couldn't have, which was more food. And I look back on this time in my life and I think about how much time and energy I used thinking about food, (laughs) 
you know, what I was going to eat in order to stay within my calorie restrictions and what my next meal would be. Mm -hmm. I see this and I wonder what I could have created or done had I put that brain power towards something else. Absolutely. And over time, I have gone through a process that has brought me to where I have, you know, greatly reduced my food obsession and changed my relationship with food and view on food. I went from, you know, thinking of food as the enemy to seeing food as fuel and nourishing my body. I went from seeing food as good and bad and having to have the perfect diet to food you know, food is food and I can make conscious decisions about what I eat based on how the food feels in my body and how I want to feel. Um, you know, it's been a lot of trial and error and experimentation to get where I am now. And let me be clear that I am not cured from food obsession, but I have tools in place that I use in order to help me reduce my food obsession or thinking about food. Yeah. And yeah. So yeah, just being clear that it's not, there's no, I don't want to say there's no cure. I mean, maybe you will never think of food again and that would be awesome. But (laughs) yeah, if you like think of food, like it's okay. Yeah. I think for anybody who's, who's like dieted previously or who's spent a lot of time thinking about food and health, it's really like, there'll be times when I'm like, whoa, thinking a lot about food recently. Let's dial it back. And I think for sure, for sure. Yep. So now I make conscious decisions about what I'm eating and know that it is the right decision. I don't second guess myself or think of, you know, how many calories are in the food. I eat it and enjoy the F out of it. I enjoy every bite and stay present as I'm eating my coconut butter and banana or my ice cream or pumpkin pie. I think that's really key is like, you know, staying present with that food Mm -hmm. and enjoying every single bite of it and really tasting it. Yeah. And, you know, this creates so much more freedom from food, you know, than when I obsessed about how many calories were in a serving of ice cream and how many miles I would have to run tomorrow in order to burn off those calories. Over time, I've changed my view Uh, of food through, you know, educating myself about nutrition, as well as personal experiences. I now view food as a way to nourish and fuel my body for the work, you know, important work that it needs to do throughout the day. So, you know, writing podcasts and blog posts, working with my clients, taking care of my daughter, doing yoga or swimming, you know, whatever it is, like I have a lot to do throughout the day and I need to fuel my body in order to be successful at that. You know, I know, I now, I know how different foods feel in my body and how much energy they give me. I choose foods that are going to give me energy. I know that sugar gives me a headache and I know that copious amounts of gluten makes me really tired. So if I have a cinnamon roll, I know that I am going to need a long nap and maybe some ibuprofen afterwards. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But you can make that choice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm like, okay, I really want the cinnamon roll and I know what's going to happen after. Right. You know, it's like 
drinking, you know, like I just think back to college. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, you drink a lot and you know, you're going to be hungover the next day and you just right. go out and drink and have fun. So. Plan accordingly. Plan accordingly. <laughs> you better not have an exam the next morning. So, but yeah, knowing this yeah. Um, and that I love cinnamon rolls, I choose them wisely. So I wouldn't eat a cinnamon roll for breakfast before work because that would just leave me like non-productive. Right. <laughs> I would be basically useless for the day. Um, when you're, so when you're focusing on food all day, you're not focusing on other areas of your life. So I ask you this, where would you put all that brain power that you use to think about food? What else could we think about or focus on? If you weren't worried about what you were eating or what you weighed, what could you focus on? Mm-hmm. Where would your energy and time go? You know, what could you create? What joy would you find in the world around you that maybe you're missing right now because you're so obsessed about food? Yeah, I love those questions. I love it because like Keisa, I've obsessed quite a bit over food in my life. I do believe that's why I'm podcasting about it now. Right. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we choose things that we don't Right. Uh, and, I, you know, I'll say it started in high school, even though looking back, I had no reason to think about food at all. You know, my mom made my meals. Uh, literally, she made me my lunch and my dinner still in high school. Wow. Um, yeah, which is kind of amazing. And is- so- It's interesting, right, to think about why did I think that I had to think about my food at that point. Um, But I remember thinking about like what would help me lose weight so I could look beautiful, right? The thinner, the better. Luckily for me, um, I also knew that I had to eat nutritious food to be healthy and I cared about that. Uh Uh, And I cared about having enough energy to play sports and I cared enough about doing well in school and I knew that I had to eat to make my brain function. But there were times even then that I, I... such a little amount of food, like Mm -hmm. really little amounts of food. Um, Then I went to college and I was really unhappy my first semester and I ate so little food. I remember my first semester, um, we had, you had like the buffet place that you could go to. You could use like your points. I Mm -hmm. I forget exactly how it worked, right? Like your points equaled so many meals or whatever Mm -hmm. at the local cafeteria. And I would get um, like one tortilla wrap and then the iceberg lettuce and then like some shredded cheese. <laughs> that would be my whole meal. Wow. I don't know. I didn't eat a whole lot of food that first, uh, that first semester. And I was super skinny and you would think, right, according to the rules of weight loss, that uh, the be happy. weight loss equals happiness, right? I was super skinny, so I should have been super happy and I really was not you know, this was definitely a result of being so unhappy is why I was obsessed about it. And the unhappier I was, the more I restricted my food intake. And that's how it is for a lot of people, you know, as if restricting our food intake and getting skinnier is going to make our lives better. Um, Then I met my husband at the end of the first semester and we happily ate lots of food together. (laughs) I've spoken in previous episodes about like complete lack of care about the nutritional value of any of that food for, for quite a while. And so that's when I just started a cycle of caring viciously about healthy food and then eating what I would consider like quote unquote bad food at the time. Mm-hmm. And I'd lose weight, gain it back. Um, and my obsession got, it got pretty deep. Right. And then I went through many diets and paleo as much as I love the way the food makes me feel. 
Uh-huh. It also got me on a bit of a course of deciding that non-paleo foods were killing me. When you get into, when you really get into the paleo community and I, you know, bless, bless the paleo family's right. hearts. I really do right. love them. But sometimes we get a little, we get a little nuts, you know, like yeah. corn is definitely killing you. Glue in, don't touch it. You know, it will make you blow up. And it might be true for a lot of people, you know, a lot of people do have sensitivities, but right. I found myself getting a little, getting a little crazy in that direction, right? Non-paleo yeah. foods were really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I do know that when I eat foods that fall into like a paleo template, you know, that fall under those paleo um, categories, I do feel really energetic and healthy. But the focus that I put into food and health for the next couple of years after starting paleo could be considered a little excessive. <laughs> I could talk anybody's <laughs> ear off about it, Kisa included. Kisa and a couple of my friends heard oh, a lot yeah. about paleo for a couple of years. Also, oh, I apologize to my family. <laughs> your official apology my official apology is out hopefully they subscribe that's this is their this is their reward to subscribing to this podcast is that they will then hear this apology they get the apology <laughs> <laughs> but the truth is i don't regret any of it right like i learned yeah. so much from each experience in my life and i've turned the obsession into a way to help others um i am excellent at helping others improve their health and wellness because of everything i've learned and everything that i've been through but here's what I, I wish I had known then. Yeah. Our society is set up to keep us thinking about our weight. It constantly bombards us with messages about food and fashion and looks and health. Um, and I don't really imagine there's a panel of men sitting around a table discussing ways to keep us from caring about more important things. I mean, I kind of do imagine that, but I don't think that's what's really <laughs> happening. <laughs> Right. But it's rather convenient, right? Like, I wonder yeah. what other good I could have done in the world. Uh, you know, what other business I could accomplish, what political position I could be in right now, right? What, yeah. what role in creating a better society could I have played if I had my attention focused on something else for all of those years? If I could have spent less time on Pinterest looking at recipes, you know, less time thinking about whether I should eat the cookies in the main office, <laughs> less time talking with my friends about how good I have been on my diet, less time thinking about the number on the scale and more time thinking about like racial injustice or helping the poor, running for office, creating cures to diseases. Right? I feel like there's a lot of important things. <laughs> so Mary, is this, is this, uh, you saying that you're going to run for office? Yes, I am officially. Also, anyone <laughs> listening, your <laughs> your reward for listening is my official my official run for president is happening right now. And all, all your campaigning will be done through this podcast. Yes, all of it. So, <laughs> so you better subscribe. This You'll want to know. The only campaign campaigning you're doing right now. <laughs> I'm joking. Yes, president. Vote for okay. me. Mary for president. Yes. Um So one of the best lessons, I love this lesson. Um, One of the best lessons I learned from working with our coach, Brooke Castillo, favorite Mm -hmm. ever, life coach school, you'll get it, listen to it, all of it, um, was the idea of using food for nutrition and not as entertainment. Yeah. And she shared this exercise that I would like to share with you as we end this podcast. Um, So what if I were to tell you that I have invented a bar, a food bar? (laughs) That completely takes care of all of your nutritional needs. You just eat it three times a day. The catch is it tastes like sawdust. Would you eat it? 
No, you ne- you never have to think about food again. You just eat this bar. You're taken care of for good, right? It takes care of your body. It takes care of your nutrition, your energy levels, and you are the healthiest you will ever be. You know, the truth is we, we don't want the bar. <laughs> we want our food to taste good and really like, and I, all the time I'm trying to use food to solve my problems. It never does, but right. Like a sawdust bar doesn't, it doesn't feel like it's going to fix anything for me, which is interesting, right? I just want you to think about that. Yeah. Would you take the bar if it really did fix all your problems and you didn't have to think about food ever again? Um, so in the next episode, we're going to talk about one of the best ways to stop obsessing about food. And it sounds counterintuitive, but thinking ahead and planning out your food is actually a great way to stop food yeah. obsession. Um, so spending a little bit of time in, you know, in the present um, so that you don't have to think about it later. So we're yeah. going to uh, spend some time on that next time. But in the meantime, here's five other tips to help you address food obsession. Yeah. So our first tip is to recognize your food thoughts. So become aware of how often you think of food. It is, you know, is it just a curiosity of what you're going to have for dinner or is it more specific and obsessive Mm -hmm. than that? Are you constantly thinking about how many calories you're consuming or meeting your macros? Recognize your thoughts about food and how much time and energy you are consuming thinking about food. You know, you can always journal about it um, if it helps you get out the thoughts in, you know, that are in your head and Mm -hmm. really, really sit and just observe your day and how often you're thinking about food. Great idea. And our second tip for you is, you know, what's your reason? Why do you obsess about food? Is it because you're buffering and avoiding something else in your life? Is it because you're a perfectionist and you must have a perfect diet? Or are you desperately trying to lose weight and restricting calories or food or are on a very specific diet that has good and bad foods and um, you've developed that lack mentality? Mm -hmm. So what's your reason? And our third tip for you is what if? Just imagine for a while, what if there were no good or bad foods? What if you could eat whatever you wanted at any time? How would that change your thoughts about food? What if you stopped dieting, quote unquote, and started eating food that felt good in your body? And that might be a chicken salad one day, and it might be a bagel and cream cheese the next day. Yep. I encourage you to, you know, explore a world where there are no food rules. Nobody cares about how much you weigh or what size you wear. You know, if you were in this world, what would you eat? What food choices would you make? And, you know, how much would you think about food? Yeah. Great. Great tip. Actually enjoy, enjoy your life. Yes. Um, so tip number four, uh, I kind of just want you to think about what would you think about if you were at the perfect weight? Like if you got to that perfect weight and you figured out the perfect formula, so you no longer had to spend a fraction of your brain power on food and weight loss, what would you be thinking about? All right. Like what would you learn guitar, you know, take up salsa dancing? What, what would you spend all of your time? Because so many of us are very, very well-versed on food and weight loss. 
but what would you do if you didn't have to think about it anymore? And tip number five, um, I want you to think about how you want to think about food. Um, So I used to think about food all day long, and I've decided to think about food as nutrition, as the fuel to keep my body working so I can put my mind to better use with all of the extra time I have now. Right? How do you want to think about food? Do you want it to be entertainment? Because that's a choice, and it's not a bad choice. Sometimes, sometimes I like to think about food as entertainment, but really, you know, mm-hmm. be more conscious about it. How do you want to think about food? Yeah. And those are our five tips, folks. That is all we have for you today. Thanks for being awesome as always and listening in. Definitely tune into our next episode where we're going to talk about meal planning. And if you'd like to know more about us, if you have any questions, any comments, head on over to our dedicated Facebook group. Again, you can, you can get on Facebook and search the Real Life Wellness Podcast with Mary and Kisa. And then you can also find me at my website at maryelisepreston.com. That's M-A-R-Y-A-L-Y-C-E-P-R-E-S-T-O-N.com or Kisa at her website at kisaamaro.com. And that is K-E-Y-S-A-A-M-A-R-O.com. Sweet. If you know someone who you think would benefit from the information shared on our podcast, please share this episode with them. We want to extend our message to and support as many people as possible. And we need your help to get our message out. We would greatly appreciate your help in reaching out to people who could benefit from our podcast. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. Mwah. Mwah.